You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we, you got something you wanted to say. I, 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 I just raised my hand like I had a question or something, and I don't What's know What's your why question, Pam? No question. How are you today? <laughs> Let's get rolling, because we got a lot to do, at least... Um, one of the emails is a lengthy one today. Okay, let's roll. And it might un- might need a quite, a quite a bit of time to unpack. Okay. Uh, but we've also got a few others in the queue mm-hmm. if we get there. If not, you know what? They get added to the queue, just like we ask everybody each and every week to add their questions or their thoughts or their comments to the conversation. And the way they can do that is 214-702-9565 is our email or our voicemail line. The email line, those are two separate things. It's feedback at sexymergeradio.com, where what's on your mind? The nation lets us know that sets where we go. And then there's also our platform that's had some really good conversations happening at my.smrnation.com. It's free to join. There's some conversations happening that people put out there um, from the com- from the shows, but also mm-hmm. just from what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. Because there's a pretty spectacular community that's formed that's part of the nation mm-hmm. and that helps each other each and every week just like we try to do here with the episodes yeah speaking truth and support and all kinds of stuff and so the last thing we ask of the nation is help us spread the word uh, jump on itunes rate and review leave a comment please that helps spread the word uh, and some social proof if you will there you <laughs> of, go. of what sexy marriage radio can do and any other platforms you use uh Leave comments, leave reviews, uh, helps help us continually share the idea that married sex is the hotbed for sex. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, like I mentioned in the open, is a couple of emails possibly, um, but I love one of them because mm-hmm. I think it captures a ton of seasons that people have in their marriage or maybe the entirety of the marriages, which is this idea of what do you do when one spouse is fine with being fine? Mm. And then on the extended yeah. content today, which is deeper, longer, there are no ads there as well. And you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. We're going to do a deep dive into the idea of how do we be more efficient with our time? So a little coffee shop conversation. So you and I are going to head to a coffee shop. Good. And have, have a conversation a about time. I need a refill. That sounds good. All that's coming up on today's show. So this is an email. It's a little lengthy. Okay, so okay, I'm ready. Just sit back and get get your note taking pen ready to it's go. It's ready. It's ready. So my wife and I have been married for eleven and a half years. We've been together for fifteen. We discovered last summer that we started seeing a therapist, and we've uncovered some family of origin issues: her counter dependency, my nice guy tendencies, and our ability or lack of ability to have conflict and communication. Um, successes, I guess you could say, my failure to lead or be the man, her desire for absolute control and my acquiescence. So they've discovered a lot over the last few years. We have two amazing daughters and both are extremely successful professionally. Superficially, we have everyone, any, everything anyone could reasonably want. I'm in very good shape and I find her to be incredibly sexy. I try to flirt with her, but she completely rejects all forms of my flirtation nor can she talk to me about what she, what would be more accepting to her. She tells me I'm an objectively attractive per, and handsome, but she feels nothing towards me in that way. 
She is a boss at work and really embraces that and rarely gets out of her masculine at home, too. I think my previous actions of yielding have really dampened anything between us. My wife has told me she has zero attraction to me and does not know to have a physical relationship with me. She tells me that she's felt this way for a long, long time. And now, I've realized that not only has she felt like this for a long time, but she sort of resigned herself to this as well. Well, like, this is my life now, is kind of her thought. And I've never pushed on this issue to say, honey, what's wrong? Let's talk about this at all. She harkens back to our earlier time in the relationship, i.e. the honeymoon, and she said she recalls us just kind of hanging out and not having really any spark for her. I told her that I felt that we had the honeymoon phase of our time together before we got married and that we sadly have not progressed at all as a couple since then. She says she wants to want to have one, but she doesn't know how. She says she's fine with being fine. I never understood previously why she rejected my advances for sex, but I would never pout about it. But I never pressed the issue and tried to talk to her about it until recently. Our therapist once tells, told us that I married that I have married my type and she has married her anti-type. He explained that she married someone unconsciously that will give her the power she wants and the support she needs to be successful in her career, but through those qualities, it completely represses or works against any desire for me. As we've said before on the show, intimacy is knowing and being known. That resonated with me, and I think somewhere along the way, we've lost our curiosity about each other, and she, in particular, thinks she knows how I would respond to everything or how I would think about something. So any suggestions on how to increase the curiousness between us? I try to be very supportive and be a very present father. She tells me I'm excellent at both, but doesn't have the spark or passion or inclination. She does not want me to touch her in any way, and when, I, when I've tried to discuss ways to negotiate ways to find a win-win, she's, there's no, she says there's no way for her to currently get there mentally and doesn't think she'll ever get to where you want me to be. She doesn't think there's a path forward, and she has zero hope. Have you encountered a situation like this? I'm desperate to have a connection with my wife, but I don't know how to negotiate desire. Every day I learn a little more about her and us, and I know one of my main challenges is that I'm not clear with my verbal communication. I struggle with trusting myself to communicate with her clearly, respectfully, and kindly. I find it when I try to be kind, I'm vague, and when I'm direct, I'm, I sound unkind. Neither of us want to leave. We really get along well, but she feels zero chemistry. She's scared and feels hopeless and guilty about not talking about this many years ago, However, I'm concerned that once our girls are older, she will, and that she will, and she's worried that she, there will no way to continue to live in a transactional, non-sexual relationship. I know that I have a lot of anger and fear related to the past decade or so coming to the surface, but I'm now fully realizing why our marriage is not as good as it can be or should be. Please help. So there's a lot in here. Yeah, there is. And they are both in really tough spots. I mean, the, re the relationship mm -hmm. is, but mm -hmm. they both individually are as well. And mm -hmm. I understand how scary that can be. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot happening here. Mm -hmm. What are the first bullet points that you're seeing that, you know, if they're sitting in your office based off what you hear from him? You, you, you're not hearing his, her side, you're hearing his side here. Right, well, he's he's disclosing his map of her side though pretty well mm -hmm. on the different phrases the different hopelessness mm -hmm. thought process the different um it's just not there um 
I, it's lost. I'm just resigning myself. I mean, I think there are seasons, if not entireties, like we mentioned in the open, where people, one spouse typically can get into the, I'm fine with being fine. Mm-hmm. And so the first point that jumps out to me, and this is something I don't know if we've really unpacked, because it's a scary thing, and it's hard to do when you don't hear both sides of the equation, but there is a distinct likelihood that one person is more committed to the relationship than the other. Okay. Right? That one person cares more about the marriage than the other, or one person cares more about the aspect of a marriage than the other, which that's what's being stated here. Well, isn't that high desire, low desire, in any, we say, in any kind of aspect of it, your relationship? It is, but the lower desire framework assumes there is an interest in it. And what it sounds like he's facing is she doesn't have an interest in it even. She's just resigned herself to the fact that, yeah, this is just what it is. So it's almost more of a tolerating of it rather than an interest in it. Although he did say in there that she says she wants to want. Right. Which then begs the question, if somebody says they want to want something, what are they doing to follow that possibility? To follow it up. To explore it, to see. Because this is that thing where far too often in marriage, we get caught up in this best intentions. I hope it'll pawn off. I can pawn that off. And not really have to follow through. I don't think that's a conscious thing a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Because there is this true, yeah, I really want to figure that out. But I don't have the the impetus behind it to really do it. It'd be nice if it magically just appeared and all of a sudden happened. <laughs> if there was, if there was a, an episode of Sexy Marriage Radio that solved the problem for you, then that would mm-hmm. be even that would be fantastic. Yeah. And yes, that would. But it doesn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. There's no book out there that'll do it. So... It's this idea of how do you recognize in this scenario, how do they each recognize, and more specifically him, how does he recognize what is actually being presented? What is the data? She says she wants to want to, but is she doing anything about it? That's one of your, that's one of your conversation points to, to, to go after. Okay. And it's going to feel attacking, and it's going to feel blunt, but it's also possibly more based on truth. Well, and maybe I'm diverting you before you want to be diverted here, but I'm, I'm hearing it. It's, that's the truth. He's concerned about his communication is that either I'm too vague or I'm unkind if I'm being truthful. I'm, I'm not good at using my words. Right. But he also said in the beginning, they're finding out he's the nice guy. Right. Right. And, and she's not attracted to him. And maybe it's because it's the nice guy thing, right? Stop worrying. They all fit together. Stop worrying about whether I'm being too vague or if I'm going to offend her in the way I come at her with my, with my desires. Mm -hmm. I mean, is there, is there a point to this where maybe if I stop being the nice guy, it becomes more attractive? Absolutely. I mean, some of this is what the, what it, what I hear a lot is this idea of it's two captains married to each other. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes the nice guy has to learn because he can be a good captain in other areas of his life, but he's not so good in his marriage. Mm-hmm. And so he comes home and he acquiesces too much. That's one of the things he mentioned mm-hmm. in the email. So then it's figuring out how do you out captain a captain? Mm-hmm. And it's not a power play in the sense of I take power from them. It's I claim power alongside them. 
Yeah, I, I, you don't want this to become a, a fighting match. Right. You're both on the same team, but we're going to have to have two captains here. We're right. Have well, to do or this, the, so. this is that I, t- I, ha- I enhance my presence alongside them. That's mm-hmm. based on some confidence. It's based mm-hmm. on some power. It's based on some bra- bravado even of I want what I want, and I'm not ashamed of that. I'm willing to put it out there even if I don't get it. I'm willing to let it be felt mm-hmm. and seen. And over time, that's the better likelihood of if it's going to produce something in a spouse over time, that's the best route I know to make that happen. But it's also the riskiest because there's still the chance it won't. Mm-hmm. And then you're faced with, how do I make a decision accordingly? Because too often we get caught in this, and this is the struggle with the I'm fine with being fine. I put that as a blanket indictment on the entirety of the relationship. Rather than, wait, that doesn't mean it stays this way forever. There's se- we go through seasons. Okay. Right? When we, have, when we have little ones, that's a true season of marriage where it's, if you don't, you know, there's elements of if you like doing a lot of things outside of the house during an in- infant newborn st- time, it's joy sucking because mm-hmm. you're not outside. <laughs> right. You're, you're constantly responsible for a newborn. Mm-hmm. But you also know that's a season. Mm-hmm. They will evolve and your relationship will evolve and it'll change. And so it's seeing it as, okay, the stage I'm in now, how do I address that? I'll deal with the entirety when I need to. I'll deal with when the girls are older, like he's describing, of the fears they've got. I'll deal with that. I'll cross that bridge when I have to. I don't need to get ahead of, ahead of the game in that. Yeah, we don't need to borrow trouble on that. Right. Yeah. So... How do I just look at this from the sense of if he's got this map of her, how does he confront the map he has, not the one he wish he had? Hmm. That's another way of saying, how do I confront the spouse I have, not the one I wish they were? Because too often we come at these things from the deficit model. Okay. If you would only. That's, a, mm-hmm. that's what's missing mm-hmm. rather than what's present. What is present. How are you addressing that? Because one of the bigger shifts that sometimes nice guys and just in general people need to do is we're constantly trying to massage our spouse mm-hmm. into a form or a shape or an identity I wish they would be. Mm-hmm. Well, that typically is at the expense of what they are, mm-hmm. right? So it's this idea of, okay, I'm trying to get you to change something rather than who are you quintessentially. Right. What's the uniqueness in there? And this is where you can start to look at the polarities and the power that each of you bring. What is it about her that is enticing and draws you in? Whether she confirms it or not, you still believe it. Mm -hmm. Then it exists. He makes the comment about flirting. I try to flirt and she completely rejects it. Okay, well, what data do you get in her rejections? Because she's not giving you data of, here's how I would prefer you flirt with me. <laughs> right. Because right. most people really can't do that anyway. If you, if you, think about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, how, how would you like for me to flirt with you, Pam? I mean, you'd be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's, well, a year ago you did this, and that was kind of cool on that day. <laughs> right, so I'll try the exact same thing, and it won't land. It gets kind of old, same. right? So it's, it's recognizing, I need to look at the whole concept of the interchange between us of what data do I glean from it on, okay, that didn't land. Okay, either 
there was something in my delivery. It wasn't, it wasn't genuine. My timing was poor. Situational awareness was bad. Mm-hmm. You know, because I could have a really good line delivered at the wrong time and it's gone. Yeah, totally it, gone. It doesn't matter at all. You can't use it again because then it's a trigger for your bad timing <laughs> it before. It could be. But when I can bring it to bear of it's part of who I am and the way I'm operating, that's a dealing with the captaining Mm-hmm. idea mm-hmm. that's the I know who I am and I'm letting that be known and so she can reject it but that doesn't mean it doesn't still gain a little bit of ground for you mm-hmm. it just doesn't create it doesn't tip the scales yet because a lot of times I think if we're talking about this little tricky thing of how do I create a spark in somebody there's little I can actually do other than be something that's solid enough and consistent enough to see if that does draw her in. It, yeah, you can't. You're not going to change anything in her. It's got to be you changing you. And and do I want to change and be the person that she's going to be attracted to? Right. Well, well, I mean, that's that's a whole nother set of questions right there. But if he, based on what he was saying, based off of how he was feeling like he was, in essence, just, in essence, trying to figure out the right words, make her happy, then he's not being him. He's, he's trying to crack the code. He's trying to crack her code when he just needs to be comfortable in his own skin and say, here's who I am and here's here's the man I want to be. Right. If you think of this like on a continuum, that there's two things going on at once. One is this idea of I'm trying to just be who I am. I mm-hmm. want I want to let that lead and be a majority of the of the scale. Mm-hmm. But the other part of the scale is made up by I'm taking influence and I'm reading feedback. Mm -hmm. But I can't go, nice guys put it, they flip it. It's all based on feedback. Oh, Mm -hmm. you didn't like that. So therefore I will totally adjust and be a chameleon and Mm -hmm. won't bring that up ever again. Or Mm -hmm. I'll be careful in how I say this or rather than, wait, hold on. There's times where that's tactful, Mm -hmm. but other times where it's like, no, I need to continually show up in my own life mm-hmm. with you and then take the feedback of, okay, I mean, I love the phrase, well, I'll say something to you and it doesn't land and I'll just kind of play it off with, oh, swing and a miss, you know? Yeah, just a bit outside. <laughs> and it's just kind of, it's, those are all meaningful things from movies and different things that we right. have as a banter that's kind of the fun and laughter part mm-hmm. of our relationship that it helps kind of still enhance a connection even though the maybe sexualized thing I said didn't. Right. But it still kept a a bond. And granted, we laugh about those things now. Early on in marriage, well, those aren't things we laughed about. Mm -mm. We didn't know how to laugh. We didn't know how to react differently. Well, and it's also because I'm able, we we are both better at able, better able to laugh at ourselves, Mm -hmm. not just at situations Mm -hmm. that go on. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I want to pivot back to what we set up earlier okay. I think this is worth unpacking okay. and, this, and this is that idea of how do we face the fact that there can be times in marriages or the entirety of where one partner cares more about it than the other how do you face the reality of that mm. because this comes back to some of the things we've said just in the recent past that I've gotten some good emails or feedback from some of the guys in mastermind groups about Yeah, was the idea of we have to come to the reality that our, our spouse maybe didn't get married because it affords them uh, availability of sex regularly. They got married because it affords them other things. 
right? That's a, their motivation isn't because, oh, I can have a whole lot of sex now. No, it's security or a, a partner. Right. It's, yeah. So this is in right. the same vein as that, which is this idea of what do I do when I know my partner doesn't care about the marriage like I do? Because I can see that as a dire thing, that it's all, all is lost. Yeah, and I guess they don't care as much as I do, but does that mean they don't care at all? That's, the, that's a big dis- distinction. Mm. Or what it is that keeps them showing up every day is different than what keeps me showing up every day. But if I can regulate myself and calm myself down a little bit, I'll be able to ask myself better questions to see what are the overlaps that we do care about the same thing. Parenting is one in this email. Mm-hmm. The household, what they've created, the other aspects, the companionate part of their relationship sounds mm-hmm. like, that they get along pretty well in some mm-hmm. of those areas. It's just that lover's area that's the struggle. And too often, when I overreact because I see it as dire, because she doesn't care about this the way I do, I never then take a good solid stance to ask the better questions about myself and the relationship dynamic, which would be, how do I face what's present without overreacting to it? Okay, so let me back up a second. You're Because I feel like what we're saying here, or specifically what you said here, is a little incongruent with what we say on the show, right? Okay. In that everything else is great except this lover's portion. It's not just one. Right. It's not in a vacuum. Right. right? There's right. other things that aren't. Right, outside of just us being lovers. Right. So am I missing something no, on the I, point I, there? I, I, no, you're not. It, it, okay. it's, that's the way we can parse it out some. Okay. Because we do, we do talk about, hey, everything's great, but our sex life isn't, so we have a great marriage. Uh, no, you don't. But There's I, something else there that leads into the lover side right. of things. Yeah, right. Okay. So this is just the distinction of, yeah, they, you can have other areas of your marriage that are good, even great, mm-hmm. but an area that's not, just don't put that as a label of we have a great marriage. There's mm-hmm. the difference. And here, though, is recognizing, okay, how do you face the fact that if your partner is want, doesn't want or care about the relationship in the manner you do, that's what's present. Mm-hmm. So how right. do you face that? Because you know she feels it. He's he's describing she feels it because he's got a pretty accurate map, I would bet, mm-hmm. of this because they've had the conversations about it. But what he's done is he's tried to solve her problem. Does she see it as a problem? That's a big question for herself. He's seeing it as a problem for her. Because what you, what you inevitably face is I'm in a relationship where sex is an expectation. Mm-hmm. Right, this kind of goes with it. When mm-hmm. you say I do, that kind of comes along with it. But yet I don't want to do anything about it. But yet I don't want to be the bad guy if it doesn't end, if it doesn't last. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's a dilemma. Mm-hmm. So what is she doing about that? What's he doing about that? Well, they're going to a counselor. Mm-hmm. And they're seeing more about family of origin. They're seeing more about who, kind of what, how each of them operates. Right. Right. What's their system. Right. Which is good. And when the therapist is describing the type and the anti-type, I'm not familiar with that <clears throat> that framework. I've not heard that before. Okay. So I'm not sure where where I'm going to speak on that because I would be speculating. Okay. But I think he's on to it in the sense that 
the nice guy has wreaked a lot of havoc in his marriage because he hasn't been, he's been supportive, but he hasn't been the person alongside that also is present and engaging and wanting what he wants, Mm -hmm. where she has to kind of succumb to some of what he wants too. Yeah. And that's speculation. I don't know if that's true, but I don't know if he's leading in that way in the sense of, no, no, this is what I want to do. So I don't want to. And you risk a fight. And a lot of times us pleasers or nice guys will back down from that because I just don't want to disappoint. I don't want to frustrate. But you know what? It's okay to disappoint. It's okay to frustrate once in a while. Absolutely. If you're living a bigger story, I, this is one of the things I learned in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And if if I'm living and calling you to being a part of a bigger story and it doesn't line up with what it is you had as an expectation or a moment and I risk the possibility it could piss you off by mm-hmm. bringing that forward, I finally discovered, you know what, times there are times when I piss you off that actually can turn you on. Absolutely. Not in that same moment. <laughs> but... It's because over the long haul, it's like, okay, I know who I am and I know who I'm trying to be more. And you've got a life outside of me. Right. I want you to have a life outside of me. Right. And so it's this is some of the things I'm hearing from him on the idea of you have to face what's present better and ask the better questions to truly bring about the more difficult conversations. That's, the, that's your path forward. Well, bring about the more difficult conversations. You say that and... Well, and and I agree. Interesting though, because one of the things in in part of his email is it sound like they talk, 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 right? It sounds like there are a lot of conversations. Okay. I'm gonna interrupt you though, okay? Because I think they talk, 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 talk around the issue. Well, exactly. It it sounded like there was talking, and he's just tentative in everything he say. Right. He says. So how do you get past that to just say, um, to, to not have the conversations the way they've historically been having them? Right. Well, so some of this becomes, and this is, if you're new to Sexy Marriage Radio, go back and listen to several episodes. They don't have specific ones to tell you, but listen to the theme in which we propose because we are pro-marriage. Mm-hmm. But one of the things you start to recognize with this statement is it, it can come it can land weird if you don't know our message in general. Yeah. Okay. But one of the things I think you do is you is you start living a life. This is for him. You start living a life that's like, you know what? I want I'm I'm starting to I'm gonna start living a life that's gonna have a marriage that has great sex in it. I hope my wife is the one I get to have this with. Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm heading. And I'm gonna go straight into a critical mass decisions have to be made. Not that I'm jumping way ahead to that point, but I'm going to start living that way, living as if Mm -hmm. what would be something I would think would be appealing. What would be something I would think would be drawing her in? What would be some, and I live that then I, that's what creates the bigger difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, you know what? I'm happy with me. You apparently aren't. We got a dilemma coming, right? Because the pressure, that's the kind of pressure that really makes us no longer pawn each other off with intentions. I really start figuring out, what do I want to do? Who am I? Is this really going to fit? Is this really going to work? Mm-hmm. And then I got to make decisions accordingly. Mm-hmm. And that's scary to say on a podcast. It, yeah. But it's also the way we live life in a lot of ways, if you think about it anyway. I got this career path I want to do, and I know it's going to have a cost to my pa- to my family, but I'm still going to do it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, if I'm more upfront about that, I'm giving everybody the opportunity to really choose. But I have to choose too. Yeah. And that's scary. Yeah. But none of this kind of stuff, if I'm going to face a a dilemma of fine with being fine, that's scary for both sides. Because you can see it. And part of the reason we don't is because we see down the road of what it could lead to if I do. Well, sure. She's fine with being fine and maybe she totally isn't, but it's, that's a super scary proposition for him because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to stay where they are today. Right. And that's frightening. Absolutely. So either way, you've got a frightening pro- prospect ahead of you. You do, but deal with what's present, not with what's missing to then ask your better questions and see where that gets you. Okay. Hi, I'm listening to the episode about the woman with insomnia. And I liked most of your answer, but I feel like you just completely misread the part about her wanting to make a move on her husband but freezing up. You read it as she was doing it as a power play, but it sounded very much like she was saying she was afraid to do it because he would like it so much he would expect her to continue to do it, and it would put a pressure on her to feel like she needed to continue to do that, and she wasn't sure she could. So I feel like you might want to revisit that because I think you you went in a direction that she wasn't intending at all. Okay, thanks. I love when we get the feedback of, you know what, we might have missed it. Yeah. And maybe that is something that, um, that's the proverbial, uh, yeah, but if I give it to you, if I do what you want, then you're going to want it all the time. (laughs) And I'm not sure I'm up for that. What am I? What am I signing myself up for? That's real. That's like the volunteer. Hey, we need you to volunteer for how long? Well, till the Lord comes back. Uh, I don't know if I want to go that long. <laughs> so yeah, that's that could be accurate. But again, based on what we've been talking about all the way through, particularly during the extended content, how do I claim the time still? How do I claim the stance? How do I claim the presence mm-hmm. of? Can I do something knowing I'm not signing myself up for something forever? Mm-hmm. But I also can't ever escape the pressure that's inherent in a marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone, uh, be like the caller. Let us know. 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'll see you next time.